Hey everybody, welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Valentino. And this week we're doing something a little different. We've got our first request episode. Re re request. <laughs> I'm glad you guys went with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, friend of the pod, Josh Gee. What up, Josh? Woo! Uh, he is a backer on Patreon, so he requested that we cover the seminal 1991 series, The Pirates of Dark Water. Um, and, uh, and I do want to interject because uh, there were some current some concerns before that. The the donate button on the Patreon does work, so if you <laughs> if 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 you push it, it'll go through. Like you can donate to the podcast. Yeah, you can uh, you can support us there, and yeah. we will talk about if you give us a suggestion of a piece of media. Probably probably not a book because that's that's a bit of a commitment. But you know, watch. we will we will watch, we will talk, we will fuck it. Let's do books. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll do it. it I'll do a, I'll do a book club. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing non-digital. Yeah, and don't don't give us one of these like Neil Stevenson like books that's a thousand pages because fucking we got lives too, man. So I'm, I'm not reading. I'm not reading Infinite Jest for anything less than a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> Calling it right now. <laughs> so uh, so Pirates of Dark Water came out in 1991. It was the brainchild of David Kirshner, who you might know from his work on the Child's Play series. That's right, he came up with the Chucky animatronic doll. And uh, American Tale, Five Will Goes West. Uh, all the American Tale movies. Titan AE, Secondhand Lions, if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, dude also did the cartoon version of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Wake, Rattle and Roll, Adam's Family, uh, Fish Police. I want to know what that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to click on this link and see what Fish Police is. Um, Fish Police is a comic series by the cartoonist Steve Mancus. The pot centers on law and crime in a fictional underworld metropolis. I guess that makes sense with Fish Police. Inspector Gill is trying to solve various often mafia-related crimes (laughs) while avoiding being seduced by buxom Angel Jones. Um, Yes, please. Yeah, I'm so in. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be our... uh, that might be a little something for us someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, well, you know, in, in Pirates of Dark Water, there's a char- character that's a like a monkey bird. Yeah. I feel like his naming of things is very much like, what is it exactly? <laughs> <laughs> they're fish and they're police. Fish police. What, why are we wasting time? It, it's, it's like when uh, in movies, when Denzel Washington's talking to a character of a profession, you'd be like, you, yeah. Uh, we're talking here, Mr. Bank Robber. And it's like, yes, he, he is. Okay, President of the United States. <laughs> and then he points at him with his weird pinky finger. Um, but yeah, so this originally aired as a five-episode miniseries on the Fox Network, which I, when I was a kid, I remember it was appointment viewing. I literally was anxious about getting back from like a hockey practice so I, cause, so I wouldn't miss... My my dark water, as it was called when it aired. So, you know, I want to say it was like in October or something like that. So it might be, you know, a good time of year to do this. Let's say it's like the thirty seven thousandth anniversary, but it's not. But uh, do do kids today like have that same feeling that like I've got to get home to see something? 
I feel like DVR must have, except for sports. Like sports is sports. I think is still there, but like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I feel like YouTube and all like the online content is kind of like taking away that like it's Saturday morning, got to get up at like to see my show at ten o'clock, or else you know I'm SOL. Yeah, yeah. Man, like or like or like it'd be like a four part series, and you had to like do something on part three, you know, <laughs> or part, you know you'd miss part four or something. It was the worst. Yeah, like if you were away a weekend and you missed an episode of X Men, you were totally lost for like the entire like eight episode arc or whatever. Because they would do, yeah, they would do like arcs and it would not be consistent. And they, I feel like they jumped around a lot, especially towards the end. You know, it was like, wait, who's sinister? What island are we on? Why is Professor X walking? Why is he not walking in this episode? I don't understand. But when I rewatched it, I noticed that is I find a bit deceptive. Is that when they do the like previously on X Men and they show the clips? Mm-hmm. The clips aren't whatever the previous episode was. It's whatever clips are relevant to the arc that they're working on. So like, which I think is if the there's an implied social contract. If the show says previously on, all the clips are from the prior episode, or if it's a three parter, two episodes before. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there is sort of that. Kind of like Game of Thrones does that a lot where it'd be like, oh, no one's going to get this references. One guy who got an arrow through his head in season one, you know, well, like, and it gives away the show, too. Well, that, like, and that's the thing is like, you know, oh, they showed, you know, <laughs> Sir Jambali getting a fucking arrow through the eye. So he has to, you know, his son's going to come back and have something. By the way, the show aired in February of 1991. <laughs> I was going to say, remember that time we didn't watch Pirate, talk about Pirate Starwater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was February, uh, February 25th through the 1st of March. And then it didn't come back till October 1991. That's basically when they... Uh, th- so the first season is technically those five episodes, the first five episodes. And then season two starts, you know, basically a couple months later when they got, basically, they got renewed, more or less. So... Which yeah. is good because they do not solve the show in five episodes. Oh yeah, no, it, it's like a nice little little nibble, little nibble of that pirate pie. So, so, uh, so pirates of dark water, huh? Do you guys want to talk about uh, just the basic outline of what the show is? Yeah, it's like somebody was watching Star Wars and then playing Zelda, <laughs> and was like, "This is," and I was like, "I got it. <laughs> I figured it out." Yeah. The secret formula. It was in front of me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, I, I can't shake the, fe- yeah, I can't shake the feeling that this show was written specifically to have a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo game made for it. Which like, there was. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I like Star Wars. Um, but I also like pirates and like, Vague environment, like vague '90s environmentalism, uh, like. Well, it, it's um, it's interesting you say that because a bunch of people from this ended up going to work on Captain Planet in like '94. Nice. So, and a lot of people from this previously worked on the Smurfs. So there's nice. this weird, like, kind of. So the show is by Hanna Barbera, which is their first, like, this is their first real push where they're like, we're going to throw a lot of money at an animation project, and it's not going to be like you know. Snagglepuss or uh, what was the drumming shark underwater? Uh, Jabberjaw. Jabberjaws, yeah. Jabberjaw and the Neptunes. Yeah. So, you know, instead they went above the sea 
and we're set on the mystical alien world of Mare. And there's this shit on top of the water called Dark Water that if you fall into it, it will eat you. And it's slowly consuming the world. It's just appeared from nowhere, right? Yeah, it it seems like they kind of drop hints during the show that there was some beautiful metropolis or future world that fell, you know? Because they start like, so our main characters are Ren, who's a young prince, but he doesn't know he's a prince. He's a lighthouse keeper. And then he his his destiny is revealed to him by his dad, who just happens to boat to his <laughs> lighthouse and die in his arms. Um, he has a monkey bird. That phrase just rubbed me the wrong way because the way they say it. Well, there's also a lot of racism and sexism in the show, which I just want to get up front. There's a lot of sexism, especially. Yeah, but um, doesn't the monkey bird do like sell him out like right away? Oh yeah, he's his his first appearance is he. Ren's just like, oh my god, my dad was the king. I'm the prince. And then the monkey bird's like, sup bitches, grabs him and flies him to to the monkey bird's name Niddler, not Nibbler, even though he always wants to eat. Yeah, he's working for the <laughs> the main bad pirate guy. Yeah, Bloth or Bluth or I can never not, say it right. Not Conk, that stupid Conk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Conk though. He's my favorite Conk's character. The in the he's like He's great, he's great, but they call they just call him like Conk and they're like, ah, I'd Conk slap that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I'm like it's not it's, it's yeah. not subtle. Well, the, so there's the other two characters rounding out our classical uh hero bands. So we have the the warrior in Ren. We have Tula who's an echomancer, sort of our mystic, and then we have Ayaz who is our Han Solo kind of tank character. So uh and then some other guys kind of show up, but those are our main crew. We have the pirate Bloth who's big, fat and full of malice. We have Mantus, voiced by Optimus Prime himself, Peter Cullen. Conk, the short, rotund, peg-legged fellow, voiced by Tim Curry. And the Lug Brothers, who I called the sexy boys in my notes, voiced by Earl Bowen and Frank Weller. Or Welker, not Frank Weller. Yeah. So, that's our main cast. They're searching for these 13 treasures of rule. Um, and there's all, a lot of rhyming, a lot of interesting people they meet and places they go. But uh, now that we got that table setting out of the way. Well, yeah, so they're sailing around. If, they, if he collects the Ren's, Ren and his crew are trying to collect the 13 treasures before Big Fat Pirate guy yeah. and his crew. Um, yeah. And whoever does that controls the dark water or, or saves the day. Yeah, it's, right? it's like if the good guys get it, the dark water is going to get gone. But if the bad guys get it, it's going to eat everything. You know, it's, uh, it's a classic good and evil story. With a lot of, uh, and I think I think if I was a kid, I would have been all over it because I mean I just, I'm watching it now for the first time, but like I'm just like because it is so video gamey, it just makes so much sense, you know. Like you need the compass, and the compass shows you the way, and then you just collect ten, thirteen stones. Like um, I like I love those. I love like the Mario show and like the Zelda show. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. With the Mario Brothers and Plumbing. Yeah, dude, they were crazy. I was such a patsy for those things, but I, I thought they, I really liked them. Like, those, I don't know, Nintendo Disney shows. The, like, Super Mario 3 one that was, like, specifically Super Mario 3 theme ruled. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm just so happy because you gave me an excuse to put in. Well, excuse me, princess. I still think that line sometimes. Oh, I do all the time. It's <laughs> and, and the fact that Captain Lou Albano played Super Mario in the uh, in the live action segments made me so happy. Yeah, because he lived in I, Carmel, I, New York. 
I I used to watch the uh, I used to watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show Christmas episode every year for Christmas. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. You know what I used to I used to watch it was the um, I taped all the Star Wars movies off of USA. Oh yeah, with, with the snow intro. Yeah, with with like <laughs> I had those too. I yeah, I taped them off of USA. So, like, I remember, and I also had Indiana Jones, and I, I could tell you to this day where all the commercial breaks in those movies are. <laughs> I, I still remember some of the commercials from, yeah, my taped copy. Man. And you, you always <laughs> say you used to always kill it. The, uh, I, was, I think Ryan, I told you about the, the evolution of Arnold that they used to play during their week-long marathon of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. The ev- yeah, that we need a link to that in the episode notes because everyone in the world needs to see that. Yeah, the evolution of Arnold. Arnold. Yeah, it's great. Arnold. And he's flexing his pecs at that time. It's great. So good. Um, seventeen days. Seventeen days of Bond. <laughs> but um, okay, so one little thing. Um, since the world is mare. It is covered in water. There's very little land in this world. Uh, and there are also giant dragon folk and creatures galore. Uh, Nidler, people refer to him as a mutant, which kind of, again, makes you think that something went horribly wrong in this world. Um, so, like, with this show, how, on a scale of, like, 1 to 10, how Star Wars is it? Because that was Josh Gee's uh, main question. Is this just Star Wars? It's 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 like a six or seven. <laughs> I, I I think Fairy is right. It's like Star Wars with like a coat of like don't get sued paint on top of it. Like, <laughs> like like Han Solo, Ron Solo. Nope, too close. <laughs> Ren solo, drop the solo. Ren got it. Ren yeah. <laughs> Lone Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it was, I mean, other than the, the treasure questing, it's very much the naive young guy, uh, the roguish pirate dude, and the plucky uh, woman, and and the and the weird beast that they're with. That like kind of no one knows. Where he- Yeah, they left it all open enough that, like, you know, because you have, you know, Bloth, who's the main pirate guy, and his patsies and all this stuff. But they, I will say, there's a lot of up and down in this episode, these episodes, but uh, they do a decent amount of world building in terms of, like, they go to this place, and it's people who live inside of a rock maze, and they go there, and there's, like, these guys who slave trade the monkey birds, which they're all fucking awful. Um, but that's when we first get to see a guy get eaten by the dark water. Um, so they, they had, they leave themselves enough room that they could be like, eh, it's the ocean. So, uh, I don't know. They go to some Island and it's full of, uh, I don't know. What do we need this week? You know? So, I mean, I, th- I mean, I think that, yeah, what the show gets right is, is a lot of the world building and the quest narrative. And there's a lot of things to like about the show. 
Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I can see it being like right for that time and right for that, you know, younger age group. Cause I think that there's a lot of stuff that works really well in it. Like it's a cool world. The characters are kind of, inter- they're all archetypes, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a hindrance to it. Um, you're right. There is, I was, when you mentioned Blossom, I pictured him. I was like, oh, there's the racism. Um, <laughs> oh, there, there's, um, I, I kept thinking of episode one, especially when the, uh, when they go to the slave traders and it's like a very heavy Asian stereotype as like the bad guy or the sub bad guy. Six pukats for your slave, two legs. He's lean in the wings, but I can fatten him up. He's not for sale. Nargitat. And I'm like, yeah, the, there's a lot of like stuff. Um, the you, first episode is very different from the last four. Yeah, very much so. It's very, it's, I don't think I've seen something as expositional or like so quick as the first episode. Oh yeah. At 30 seconds, we're like, li- like literally the first like five minutes of the thing are, I'm just a simple boy. There's my dad. You're my dad. You know, yeah. I'm of course he's my dad. I'm a prince now. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, <laughs> I'm going to go collect these stones. Yeah. It's like, we've kept them in prison for 17 years. By the way, you've been hid here for 17 years. By the way, you're the prince that was promised. Oh my God. Oh, pirates, you know, and. And then 10 minutes later, they're meeting a dinosaur who breathes fire. It's kind of breakneck. Um, but then but then the subsequent episodes are much more, I think, traditionally paced. So it's a kind of a funny contrast. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, and what surprised me, too, with some of the later episodes is that, you know, we start off with Blah is our main guy and we're encountering him. But then for, like, three episodes, uh, Conk... You know, shout out to Key West, you know, donate to Key West for Key West recovery, um, yep. which actually you should do. But you should really do that. Yeah. That, that, Puerto a, Rico. Yeah. Oh, God. The, too much. <laughs> and, and yeah. There's a lot of places to donate and they're all very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just just, you know, when you say their names, read the room. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put their we'll put their links in the bio so we don't feel like horrible people. Ugh, that's so much more work for me. Um, no, uh, it's, sorry, it, man. It's for a good cause. Um, I'll, I'll, I can do that one. No, I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, actually, we should do that. We'll put out some links. So if you don't donate to our Patreon, you should donate to, to help Tim Curry and the rest of the Conk Republic. So, but yeah, like half of the episodes that we watch focused on conk and like and the sexy boys just like fucking chasing our heroes which was kind of unexpected you know but uh yeah i didn't really have any place i was i kind of got sidetracked with the charity no, but no but you're right you're, you're right you're right it's kind of odd that like the the main villain disappears for two episodes yeah well his number two goes after there's a lot of death in this show too <laughs> oh yeah like literally in that first five minutes the guy who was guarding Ren's dad, King Primus, uh, gets dropped into uh, the pit with the constrictors and Eden. Um, the first thing you see is Puff the Magic Dragon getting eaten by another dragon. <laughs> the first image of the show was like this harmless green dragon flying around and then getting eaten by a sea monster. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. Let's, let's talk about these characters a little bit. Um, I mean, Ren is your, your Luke Skywalker. You know, he's he's like a he's like a dumb Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah, think about <laughs> <laughs> which is you know that's all right. Okay, let me just say one thing. I because I buy a lot about Ren, but 
he's like a fucking ninja and he's like a lighthouse guard you know like he he like lives in a lighthouse and he can like fucking fight elite pirates and do backflips and all this stuff he's the son of the king chris well i don't understand but but i, I, I monarchies um <laughs> he has that prince. he has that noble blood in his veins i i feel like that's a very video game thing where it's like it's like, oh, you gotta go, you gotta go bring the the newspaper to uh, to you know uh, your father. By the way, bring your sword because there are monsters everywhere. Like people <laughs> just like are also warriors. Like, yeah, but uh, but yeah, he definitely embraces his his destiny pretty pretty readily. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't question a lot of stuff. No, he even he, like when he's like, I've been betrayed. Oh, you're on my side again. Cool, yay. Yeah. <laughs> My, my favorite my, my favorite moment with him is um, so they go and they hang out with these cave people and they're very gracious and they're like, oh, you're the son of King Primus. We will be good to you. And then his buddies steal a bunch of shit and he's like, you know, they're like, oh, our punishments are severe. And because the king is like, I will have their punishments. And he's like a noble gesture. It won't do anything, but it totally does. And he's just like, he's so kind of dumb and trusting that after that, he's like, Okay, guys, just be a little bit better. We're totally cool, though. It's like they like you know you're a king, dude. Now they kind of besmirched your name. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, he he's- gets double crossed a lot, and then he is very forgiving to the point where like, I don't know that he knows that he's been double crossed. He also does when there's a big uh, when Niddler's people revolt to save their queen. He definitely sleeps through the revolution, which is great. <laughs> um, so th- let's move on. Th- so Niddler, like he's the mutant monkey bird hybrid guy who's always hungry. Uh, comedy relief character, right? Mm-hmm. What'd you guys sort of think of him and the weirdly heavy story that he's, he was sold into slavery and he has to help save his queen in a slave revolt. Um, didn't that was a little... <laughs> A little out of the blue, or uh, it's a little out of nowhere. Um, not saying I don't like it. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, the tone changes on this show, and the the Niffler thing is is very indicative. Are are borderline like manic depressive? Like, <laughs> like, like the tone changes are like, like the comedy comes out of nowhere, and then it's like deathly serious again. No, yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it does a lot of weird stuff. There's this. There's this scene. I think it's in episode four or five, where um, so he like they find he finds this this woman who knew his dad, and they had. Oh, Charlie, yeah. <laughs> am I still on? Sorry, the cat walked across the computer. So he, he finds this woman who was like in league with his father, and like, and now she's been in prison, and they've been in prison for all this time, and he frees her, and and she's part of the team for a minute. Um, and, and, uh, what's his face <laughs> throws her off into the dark water. She gets swallowed up about 25 seconds later. Someone tells Ren that he can plunge the stone into the dark water and it will destroy it. <laughs> like it's, it's comically close to like, and she's like, I live for a great cause. And he's just like, Oh no, I wish there's something I could do to save you. And then a second later, it's like, oh, just put the stone in the water. Yeah, yeah, she's, fine. she's all like, for the quest. 
And yeah. <laughs> for the quest. She's like got a foam finger and she's going down. She's like <laughs> Eagles forever. Yeah. Like go Eagles. Um, go, go Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we even had our like Wolverine moment where one of the uh one of the corrupt like island police on the uh slavery island falls into the dark water and screams horribly. Uh, that's something I definitely remember from watching this originally. So we've seen like the stakes of it. So it's like, you know, I guess in lieu of uh, Bluth like running her through with the sword or something like that, they had to kill her in a cleaner, more kid friendly way. Well, you know, five episodes in, you got to show what the dark water actually does. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of time. There are lots of moments, or like when they're they're talking about they throw uh, Conk into like the the pit with a constrictor, and they're taking bets on whether he's going to live or not because and they and Mantus. Uh, bets for Conk because the constrictor bit his leg off before, so he doesn't want another bite. Like, there's some weird dark comedy in here, uh, intentional or not. It almost has kind of like a 70s, like, Ralph Bakshi, like, uh, animated Lord of the Rings feel to it, too. Like, it's like oddly violent at times and like oddly, like, salacious. Like, <laughs> well, like, uh, he did wizards too, right? Which is like, yeah, dude, fucking all wizards over the place. Wild. Yeah. You know, it's like, which they showed on like ABC once or something, which is fucking weird. Um, my, uh, my dad rented it for me one, ye- one day when I was sitting home from school and I watched it and I was like, dad, I don't think you're supposed to show this to like children. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's a part where it's like, you know. I mean, God, never mind. There's just so many fucked up things in that movie. Just, just Google Ralph Bakshi Wizards. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, shit. That changes everything. If it's if it's streaming, definitely watch it. It is a trip. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And tripping might uh, be the best way to watch that movie. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's move on. So we got Nidler and Ren. And then we've got Tula, who is the Little Mermaid. Jody Benson voices her. She is an echomancer in training, but uh, at first she's just a racist barmaid who stows away aboard their ship. Um, what do you guys think of her? Because she's she's an interesting character because she's like the mage character, but she doesn't really do or I guess she'd be the rogue. I don't know. It's all messed up. She's pro- probably my favorite character. <laughs> um, I duck her. I thought it was funny not to get into I. Ayaz quite yet, but I think it's hard to like talk about one without the other. Yeah. Because every everything she does, he's like he's like, Hi I can't you're walking. I didn't know a woman could walk. Ha ha ha. Yeah. There's there is a a lot of that. Um Which she which which to her credit, she shrugs off and sort of disproves him at every point and maybe at the end he yeah. <laughs> During a heartfelt piano solo, he recognizes that he's not sexist, um, and and I and I know it's supposed to be that. I know that it's not like I don't think it's necessarily a sign of the times. It's supposed to be this throwback. I don't know. Maybe it's a it's a it's a fantasy world. Maybe <laughs> it didn't have to be anything. You know. Yeah. It could have been super inclusive. It's not there. It's not like, oh no, this is how it was in the 1500s. It's like no, it's a fantasy world. <laughs> Didn't have to be sexist, but um, <laughs> well, you know, so it's, it, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, it makes it makes more sense for like later on. Uh, Bluth is like, you know, he's like, uh, 
you know, you like stabbing people? That's something I enjoy in a woman. And it's like, okay, he's a sketchy motherfucker. Like, and I get that Ayaz is like the Han Solo, like, you know, rogue with a heart of gold kind of thing. But yeah, there's, I mean, it's like, it's literally, like you said, you know, you drink out of cups. I don't know. A woman could drink out of cups. (laughs) Yeah, but Han Solo isn't sexist. That's true. He's just like, you know. Just sexy. Boom. Yeah, just sexy. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, she is pretty cool. She does a lot of, they give her a lot of good action. She and Ayaz do the majority of, like, the actual fighting and, like, ass kicking. And at a point, they think Ren's dead, and they're like, well, let's just keep doing this cool mission, even though the guy we're supposed to be serving is toast. But Yeah, she, I mean, she has, like, a complicated agency, whereas Ren is just kind of like, I've got to find these stones because an old man washed up on the beach and told me to do it. <laughs> you know, and she's like, well, I've got a complicated life in history and I've like worked my whole life and I, I know all these different people. And he's like, well, I was just in a lighthouse for 17 years and I'm ripped. Um, Respectful counterpoint. If somebody washed up, if some old man washed up on the beach and said he was your father, that'd be like a pretty serious day. Like, <laughs> Especially if you like, watch that is a serious like, shrug off. Like, oh man, that was weird. But he anyway, wa- who's for quesadillas? He wa- <laughs> he washes up, and a YouTube video lengths later, he's gone. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like he washes up, plays, you know, a song, and then just pieces out. He's there so briefly. He's like, I just came to tell you, I've got to go. You know, yeah. and then he's out. He's like, Have you seen this thing called Keyboard Cat? By the way, I'm your dad dead, and it's like. <laughs> Though then again, if you're just like sitting in the lighthouse, that's like, you know, you have a choice at that point. You're like, this could be bullshit, but my job is basically just staring at the ocean all day, every day. So that's, this sounds better. Hey, know? Red, how was your day? Well, an old man washed up and watched Keyboard Cat on his iPhone. And then he told me uh, it was my dad. And <laughs> then the ocean took him back out. Keyboard Cat's your dad? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, what do you guys think? Of, so, what do you guys think of Ayaz, our our lovable sexist rogue who is all stabby and stuff? I found him to be a lovable sexist rogue. <laughs> He's a twisted mirror version of Barka from Exo Squad. I feel like, <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I. He's. I mean, I get. I think by the end of the the five episodes, he has fully embraced the mission. Which oh yeah, I give I give him a lot of credit for. They do um, they do introduce him literally. They're like they go to like the bazaar, and then Cantina music starts playing, and they're like, "We need a fast ship." And he's like, "I've got the fastest ship in this quadrant." And he basically does the Millennium Falcon like pitch from Star Wars, and then just like jacks a dude's boat, which is kind of great. Um, but yeah, he is so heavily the Han Solo. It's like they're not even fucking around. Like, yeah, it's very, it's very clear. But um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, watching the show, like as we're watching Exo Squad, and just like the the difference in sort of tone and like evenness and maturity that Exo Squad has versus yeah. Pirates of Dark Water. I'll say this. The f- so the first episode, <laughs> let's be honest, the first episode moves so quickly and it's almost ridiculous. 
to the point, I don't know, I, fo- I sort of found it funny um, how fast everything happened in the first episode. And, and then the subsequent episodes I found a lot easier to watch in a way because it sort of happened in a more subtle way. But um, it was just sort of funny. Everyone just says exactly what they're thinking. Or, what you know, there's no subtext or subtlety to the the dialogue at all. No, there's literally a point, I think it's at the end of the first episode, where the, each one of them clearly states their desire. Then East it is for adventure. For treasure. For octopod. For crying out loud. It's like, for adventure. For mystery. For food. You know, for justice. And you're like, well, in case you're wondering what the characters' motivations are, there it is. What do you just? We'll just do a quick thing. What do you guys think of the villains? Do you think they're like good villains, or do you think they're a little too uh, too silly, or do you think it's like they don't quite fit in with the tone of some of the other stuff that's going on? Uh, they're super racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. The main guy disappears for two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had to eat some hamburgers. Bloth. I'll be over there. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, conk. They just brought back the two for one Sundays at Sonic. I'll be back in a few episodes. Conk, slap them. Conk, slap them. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's telling that like I watched all of the episodes and I could not tell you one of the pi- one of the bad guys' names. Like, <laughs> yeah. Only. Uh, I mean, the only reason I really know is because I have the Wikipedia in front of me. And, right, which is cool. And conch, because I was like, oh, conch, I know how to say that. It's not conch. So, but yeah, the Lug Brothers, the two giant, like, you know, He-Men, names yes. are never mentioned. Mantis, they mention his name once. I mean, I, so I, th- I mean, I think overall there's an interesting story here i mean i mean fun and and adventurous and and good for kids and i think like a lot of the ideas are the right ideas like there's a main pirate there's a number two um (laughs) you know obviously and obviously they stole a lot of them from star wars and uh you know which you know star wars was working in a tradition of its own but like um so I so I think I think like there's a lot of like goods good ideas and good stuff in it but I would I would also hasten to add uh and I'm guilty I'm hyper guilty of this as well it is this show is not meant to be watched by 330 something men with like a background in like media theory like <laughs> <laughs> that's true like like I yeah I mean I I I will agree as a 30 year old as a 33 year old man I didn't love watching this However, yeah, like they didn't make the show and they were like, how can we make 30 something like how does this cartoon about pirates about uh, about like man eating water like, uh, uh, yeah, I would I would give. Yeah, I want to I want to give it. It was it definitely was awesome when I watched it as a kid. I remember I remember it being sweet. Oh, yeah. No, I was excited when it came out as a series. Um, I just want to add real quick as we start to sort of move towards the back end of this um, that for the flaws and up and downs of the characters, one thing I absolutely love with the show is the world building. Um, each place feels unique. You know, like the cave people look like a bunch of Billy Idols going nuts. Uh, there are different, like, literal, like, giant rat people, and everyone looks crazy and weird in this, like, kind of a medieval, like, tavern thing. That's kind of cool. Um, it, it, uh, 
it it has a really good like '90s fantasy like Dungeons and Dragons world thing going on, which I dig. Yeah, and I, I want to say the design of uh, Bloth's ship, the Maelstrom, is kind of great because it's like a giant leviathan's like skeleton as a ship, which is interesting and cool. So, but yeah, I mean, it's in Star Wars set in Waterworld, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, as a way of wrapping it up, I will say for one, who's your MVP? I, I mean, I got. I'll give you mine to give you guys a second. I'm gonna say Conk Man. Why? Because he steps up. He does the heavy lifting when you need to. He's comedic. He's threatening. He's a short, fat guy who like literally shoves. A, you know, he does like the Disney cartoon shove a giant like turkey leg in his mouth and strip it all off. But his peg leg also turns into a helicopter switchblade, which just put him over the top for me. So, and his way of fighting the, the constrictus was to bite it. So that's my guy right there. I kind of have t- two to three. <laughs> so so my, 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 my bigger one is probably like the female characters. It's Tula and it's that, the, the older woman. Because I think they have the most agency. They're sort of the most interesting in the way that they, they, they seem like the more, mo- most developed and most realistic somehow characters that they were like, the, all the men seem like archetypes and they were like into some degree like having to battle against that. So that brought a little bit more realism out of them. I also really dug the, the game house guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the big red beard in the belly who was like, like I'm just here for the money. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> like he was freaking Zuli was his name. Zuli. Yeah. I yeah. dug that guy. Fun fact at the end of the uh, fifth episode in the initial run, it was just the uh, Ren, Ayaz and uh, Tula together. But for in the one we saw for the actual animated series, they went back and added a scene where everyone, all the, the main characters are there. So they kind of re retconned it once they got picked up. So, but who you got, Ryan? Uh, I'm gonna give it to Tula. Uh, I think she's I think she's great. Um, and I uh, I applaud her stowing away. <laughs> yeah, seriously, she's a she's a regular. Um, I don't know. In the new Star Wars was that how Ren and uh, I don't remember my memory's shit. Anyway, so they uh, they get they get they steal the Millennium Falcon and then they stow away because um, they they do the callback to them hiding in the the panels when they get sucked in the Death Star. There we go. My brain's not that addled with uh, disease and I don't know beer, but You're young man Chris. <laughs> so as Richard Hinton, chef at Chef Windu on our Twitter asks. Well, he says, awesome show. It as well as Exosquad should get the Voltron Netflix treatment. Now, do you guys think that if you went back and you sort of fixed a couple of things and revamped it, this could fly on Netflix? Yeah. 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 (laughs) It it basically is MTV's Shannara. Like... There you go. Um... Like without the sex. Uh, by the way, Shinara is on Netflix, and season one is awesome. Um, yeah, no, I think you could. I think. I mean, I could. I could see someone like. We are in the golden era of like, of like, very accomplished people taking a shine to like very uninteresting project, like interesting concepts with flawed execution. Like, for real. Yes. To answer your question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got any- yeah, it's, it's it's due for it's due for a remake, if, if anything. And I think that like when it trades in, well, is this a sort of fun adventurous kind of thing? It's not too serious. Um, yeah, no, you know, yeah, no. No, definitely. Like the color scheme for one. I mean, it, it it does a lot of really good art direction design stuff. Um, I think I'd agree with you. Um, in lieu of our normal recommendations, Ryan, you said uh, Shannara, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It is the craziest show I have ever. It's the craziest television show on Netflix right now. I would contend, and that's saying a lot. Chris, would, I mean, I would recommend just watch the Conan. You know, would you recommend anything in the ballpark of this? Because I would recommend the Conan the Barbarian cartoon. Um, yeah, it has a lot of similarities to this. Um, uh, Skeleton Warriors too. Skeleton Warriors is, I think. I think when I thought about watch, I think I when I tried to remember this show before we watched it, I was remembering Skeleton Warriors. <laughs> nice. You got anything in, in the ballpark of this thing, Chris? Is that from Star Wars? That, <laughs> that's that, that's a, that's readily available. I was um, or not even. You can go. You can make it a deep cut. I mean, I, I, I've heard that uh, your novel is very close to this, and everyone should go out and buy it, right? Right. That's right. You should on Amazon.com. Um, oh man, there's there's some you know maybe the uh, what about the Highlander series? We've talked oh, about that God, I think a yeah. little bit. Oh that's shit, that show, that show ruled. Yeah. I was a big fan of uh, what is it, Ronin Warriors and Botsmaster. Do you ever watch that? Show? I know Ronin. Yeah, Warriors. that has the rapping robots. <laughs> yeah, it was like this. This guy like invented like street robots. It was kind of like. Um, early chappy <laughs> that's we should we should do an episode where we just talk about chappy because i have a lot of thoughts on that movie i would Under, definitely underrated. i remember Botsmaster being awesome yeah but you're right it was like one of these one season things and yeah oh shit man oh, yeah there's a lot of stuff yeah we need to uh go into some canceled cartoons man but uh well i think we're wrapping up you got anything to plug before we go out Not today, Chris. Um, uh, if you use Google, if you use Google AdWords, WordStream has a new keyword research tool that just launched. That's pretty sweet. Cool. Nice. Yeah. No, I'll um, do. I'll do it. Two five films. Two, two five films for your wedding videography. I'm Chris Ferentino, and I make the films. Um, two loopy ladies on Etsy. Go to two, go to Etsy.com and search for two loopy ladies. Get a crocheted scarf, hat, whatever you want. If you aren't a ship sailing the seas of dark water, your head would be very cold and a crochet hat would be very useful. It'll be winter soon. And uh, if you've liked... <laughs> winter... Oh, winter is coming. Hard. Um, if you've liked this episode and the fact that we're talking about something <laughs> other than ExoSquad, then you should go to patreon.com slash goals and donate as little as $2 to us to keep the show going and to keep increasing our production capabilities might be a good word for it and to keep the website up and running where you can see great little gifts like the one of a crab person clutching a guy and jumping into the sydney harbor so yeah you know there's no there's no upper limit on how many how much you can donate oh yeah it's infinite literally and if you want to like if you're like hey if you're a a lonely billionaire listening to this (laughs) yeah exactly it's like you look back at your life and your last words are exo squad goals. That's us. Give us that money. Um, but yeah, you know, we can talk about anything. We're, I think we're 
very well versed in early 90s cartoons, seeing that we grew up in the early 90s and late 80s. So, but on that note, you like the show, guys? No, really. the show was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I mean I think there's a I I I totally get the people who watched it when it was on who who were like yeah sweet show as an adult man watching the show not really yeah no I I definitely by the last episode I was watching it on YouTube and I may have for like the last couple of minutes increased it to like 1.25 speed because I was like okay I got I got shit to do. There's I will definitely, I will definitely say that I, my memories of it are very positive. Yeah, no, the same. Like I remember loving this when I was a kid, but now, like you said, it's not made for thirty-somethings with a background in media criticism. So, well, guys, we'll be back next week with another regular EXO Squad Goals episode, talking about episode twenty of season two. And uh, yeah, you know. I'm going to keep our intro and natural music the same. So it's Eric Calderon, as always. So check out his stuff on YouTube, 331 E-Rock. Uh, you can find us at ExoSquadGoals on Twitter. Email us at ExoSquadGoals at gmail.com. And so, yeah, we're still here. Write a review on iTunes. Five stars. Leave some words. We love them. And for ExoSquadGoals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farentino. We got any uh, any Pirates of Dark Water on this in this ship? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> okay. There isn't. There isn't a good. There isn't a really good like catchphrase. No, right? I guess for the quest. For adventure. Yeah. <laughs>no it's four women on a ship they're coming yeah that, that's that, that's it's, a, that's a spin-off it's the golden girls <laughs> they found me <laughs> sailing the golden seas it's the designing women <laughs> what have they been designing this whole time i don't know lord block they have designs on your treasure <laughs> they're interior decorators from the south <laughs> from georgia and one's very old and very horny. <laughs> Wait, that's the Golden Girls. Yes. Maybe the Designing Woman, too. I never watched the Designing Woman. Um, <laughs> can't even tell you what it's about. Yeah, you, know, you, watch, like, you, guys, uh, you guys never watched Lifetime at 2? <laughs> <laughs> circa, circa 1998, no? Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, but it was always Reba. <laughs> 